Shavua Tov, Shalom, this is Alex Israel from Alon Shvut, and you are with Tanakh Study. And here we begin another week of learning, Parashat Vayera, continuing with the stories of who are now called Avraham and Sarah. Avram and Sarai have changed to Avram and Sarah. And we meet Avram as he is sitting at the entrance of his tent. Kachom Hayom Vayera, Ilav Hashem, Be'elonei Mamre. We're reading chapter 18, verse 1, Perak Yudchet. Pasuk Aleph, Vayera Elav Hashem Be'elonei Mamre. God appears to Avram in this place called Elonei Mamre, the Oaks of Mamre, which we know is near Chevron. Vuhu Yoshev Petach Ha'oel Kachom Hayom. He is sitting at the time of the maximum heat of the day, the midday, at the entrance to his tent. Vayar. He lifts up his eyes and sees Vihinei Shloshan Hashim Nitzavim Alav. Three men are standing over him, or standing opposite him vayar clearly they're not standing opposite him because he sees he runs towards them from the entrance to the tent and he bows down to the floor my masters if i find favor in your eyes please do not pass by your servant Take a small amount of water, wash your feet, rest on the tree, and and I will take for you some bread. You uh, eat your fill. Afterwards, you can carry on your journey. And they say, that we will do exactly as you've asked. So three men come and visit Avram, and he offers them this hospitality. We're soon going to see, we've already seen how Vayaratz Likratam, he runs towards them, bows down, and speaks to them in a very, very polite way. But soon we're going to see that Avram's hospitality exceeds what he even says. About Avram, we are told by the Midrash that he is a classic exemplar of Emor Ma'at Harbe. He said, take a little water... I'll give you some bread, and then you can move on. Let's see what he does. Pasuk Vav. Avraham Avram rushes into the tent to Sarah and says, Mahari, hurry. Take three measures of, of, of fine flour. He tells them the precise quantities. Make uh, bread. And then he runs to the livestock. And takes a ben bakarach v'tov, takes a a, a calf. Vayiten el nar vayemaher lasototo, gives it to the boy, who hurries in order to prepare it, and now takes chemav v'chalav. He takes butter and milk, uvena bakarach she'asa together with the meat, and gives it before them. Who omed alehem tachata eitz vayochelu, and he stands over them, under the tree, as they eat. And uh, before he said, uh, lean on the tree. But now we say, we, we realize that they're not just leaning on the tree, uh, uh, against the tree. He is standing under the tree as they eat. It is obviously the heat of the day and the shade is very, very important. And maybe that's why the tree here is mentioned. Um, of course, here, as we analyze this parsha. We have many, many questions, but I'll start off by saying that I think the primary image that we get here from this, these beginning psukim 
is the classic image of Avram's hospitality. So much so that uh, Rashi is intrigued by the opening line, by and God appears to him in the oaks of Mamre as Avram is sitting at the entrance to his tent, and then suddenly Avram, who should be entertaining God, then sees three people and 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 totally involves himself with them. He sort of left God hanging, so much so that there are two readings of verse three. Where he says, Adonai who's he talking to? Reading one, which I read before, is that he's talking to the three men. And he says, My masters, if I find favour in your eyes, please don't pass by. Come in and have some hospitality. But a second reading that Rashi brings is that he's talking to God. And he says, Adonai, meaning God, Hashem, if I find favour in your eyes, please stay here. I know that we're having a conversation. But, and now I quote, the Ma'amar Chazal, Gadol Hachnasat Orchemi Hakbalat Panei Hashchina. Greater is the entertainment of guests than even receiving the divine presence. This is a very, very powerful statement, uh, which I think we could even uh, take in a more philosophical direction, where we might say that what it's really telling us is that a Jew's role is to alleviate suffering to offer assistance in this world and that some religions are interested in trying to uh, engage into a spiritual connection with another world they find this world to be a place of of, of impurity or a place of temptation and therefore they yearn to reach the world to come or to deny this world judaism has a very practical approach to reality and we don't try and escape this world. In fact, all of our mitzvot apply only in this world. Mitzvot don't apply in the next world, they apply here. And therefore, when we have this amazing statement that it is greater to welcoming guests to our home than even to receive the divine presence, what we're really saying is that Judaism prioritizes solving this worldly problems than some uh, spiritual epiphany. And uh, Avram here is the exemplar, he is the paradigm of what it means in order to do Hachnasat uh, Orchim. I want to maybe express this through a few different things. The first thing is the speed, the zrizut, with which he does this, where we see many, many times in the text how he is rushing and hurrying, Vayaratz Likratam, Vayamaher Abraham, Mahari, Vayamaher La Sototo, this notion of doing things very speedily to look after the guests. The other thing is notice the way that he involves his entire family, goes into Sarai and she, Sarah, and she uh, needs the dough. We he involves this Na'ar, and Rashi tells us that the Na'ar is Yishmael. He's involving all the family. I contrast this with a scene that we're going to see, which is very, very similar later on with Lot. But the thing with Lot is he doesn't in involve his family. His family are not involved in this process whatsoever. And this idea of making Hachnasat Orchim into a family project is something very, very significant. If we're already talking about Hachnasat Orchim, it's not only the offering of food and uh, shelter from the sun, but there are even further aspects because we will see, and I know I'm jumping ahead a little bit, 
but we will see how later on in chapter 18 verse uh, 16 Parak Yudchet Pasuk Tetzayin um, it says that Avram accompanies his guests Avraham Holech Imam Leshalcham Avraham is walking with them in order to accompany them and here I quote from the Rambam in Mishneh Torah Hilchot Evel Parak Yud Dalad Halacha Bet where the Ram, Rambam Maimonides says the following that you have to accompany your guests when they leave your house. Accompanying your guests out of your house is, is, is more important than anything else. And this is the tradition that Avram carved out and the way of kindness that he participated in. He would give food and drink to all sorts of wayfarers and accompany them on their way. Um, and he quotes the relevant psukim from this week's uh, parsha. So this makes its way into halacha, Avraham as a paradigm of welcoming guests, giving them food and drink, but also accompanying them on their way. So this is really a significant detail um, of this story. And of course, what follows is 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 the next few psukim. pasuk tet. Vayome elav the guests who are sitting and eating under the tree, pasuk tet verse nine say ayesara ishtecha. Where is Sarah your wife? Vayome he says he neighbor ohel. She's inside. She's indoors. Vayome show. It's interesting that it seems like she remains in the tent. They don't ask her to come out. Maybe they realize she could hear them. Um, I once saw a documentary about Bedouin society. And uh, what was fascinating about this documentary was that the people who stayed in this Bedouin encampment for something like a day or two said that the entire time that they were there, they didn't see a woman. And that because they were there and they were foreign men outside the clan, it was expected that uh, the women would stay inside out of a sense of modesty. And I wonder whether that's the same thing here, that when Avram is entertaining men, Sarah stays inside, and that was this sort of cultural anticipation and expectation here. Whichever way, what they say, Pasuk Yud, Shov ashuv eilecha ka'it chaya ben ishtecha. We will come back, and most people translate this at this time next year, as we live, ka'it, as the time, chaya, as we live, and your wife Sarah will have a son. The Sarah Shomat Petachaol Vuacharav. Sarah hears at the entrance to the tent. It's interesting the way that, that the Psukim explain uh, the choreography, which is the men are facing Avraham, and it seems like Sarah is behind them, and they, they maybe even can see Sarah inside the tent, but they, they can't see each other. Avram and Sarah were getting old. Sarah was no longer having, she was already postmenopausal. She wasn't having her way of women. Sarah, she didn't even vocalize this laugh, but she laughed inside and said, After I am worn out, will I, have, will I be refreshed? Not only me, but also my uh, husband is old. And now, 
למה זה שחקה שרה לאמור האפרום למלד ואני זקנתי? השם ססטה אברהם. By the way, we might ask, where did Hashem appear from? Uh, we're going to come back to that question. Hashem said to Avraham, Why did Sarah laugh to say, Is it indeed true that I will uh, give birth and I'm old? Can God not do anything? At this time, I will come back and Sarah will have a child. I didn't laugh, I was scared. And she said, You did indeed laugh. And this is the end of the scene. I'd like to analyse this scene a little bit, and I think the thing which most disturbs us about this scene is that anybody who's been reading the end of Parashat Lechlecha, Perak Yud Zayin, realises that this information has already been given to us. There we were already told, and it's remarkably similar, that Avram was told that uh, he would have a son from Sarah. Um, he's told, Gam natati mi mena lecha ben. I have given to her for you a son. And Avram fell on his face and laughed. And he said, can really a hundred uh, year old give birth? And can Sarah, who's 90, give birth? And God says, indeed, Sarah will indeed bear you a son. Why do we need to be hearing this all over again? What is this? What is this for? What is the purpose of this uh, repetition? Um, you will notice here, of course, that there are a great number of different the similarities we've mentioned, but I'd like to possibly talk about the differences. First of all, who is saying this? If you take the basic pshat, this is being told by three wayfarers, who we soon might find out end up being angels. But uh, this is happening in a very ordinary environment, whereas in the previous parak, uh, Hashem had appeared to Avram in a sort of vision. So this is much more earthly. The second thing that I'd say here, which is different, is that it's very clear that whereas Perak Zayin, the first announcement which came alongside Avraham's circumcision, was given to Avram, now this is given to Sarai. Sarah. Uh, we see this uh, very clearly by the language. In the previous Perak, it kept on saying, V'gam natati mimenu, mimena l'chabein. I have given you a son through her. Or in another place it says, um, Sarah ishtachai yoledet l'chabein. Sarah, your wife, is going to give you a son. The chapter 17, it's all about Avraham and Avraham getting a son. But here, here it's given to Sarah. First they ask for Sarah herself. And here they say, we'll come back in a year. ben This is Sarah's child. And, um, of course, now we hear not Avram laughing, but Sarah laughing. It seems to me very, very clear that, as we said in the last chapter, it's not important only that this child comes from Avram and Sarah, but it's important that there is a prophecy, there is an announcement, a divine announcement, both to Avram and another set of special uh, communication from Hashem to Sarah. The, the the attention here which is paid to the fact that Sarah must also be given a divine message really, I think, drives home the notion to which Avram and Sarai, Sarah are covenantal partners. The only problem here is why God didn't get upset with Avram 
for laughing, but he does get upset with Sarah. And I would argue that maybe Sarah has even more reason to laugh. Sarah has reason to laugh because she knows her own body, she knows her own biology, and she knows that she's past the point where she can have children. So why does Hashem correct her? And I would argue that Hashem corrects her so that she should really understand that this is a promise that he means to keep. In other words, if three visitors come along and say you're going to have a child, she might brush this off. But God intervenes and says, um, do you really think God can't do this? Of course God can do this. And she says, oh, no, I just, I, I was scared. I didn't laugh. And he says, no, you laughed. In other words, you questioned. But this is really going to happen. And here, once again, we see the very important aspect that the son is going to be not only Avram's son, but Sarah's son, and they both have a role in the covenant. The last thing I'd like to talk about when we're dealing with this uh, Perak is a very fascinating argument, debate, between the commentators. The commentators all debate this strange double prophecy. What do I mean? The Perak opens, the chapter opens with, and God appeared to Avram in the um, Elonei Mamre. The name of God there is Yudkei Vavkei, Hashem's uh, intimate name. And in this regard, we understand that Avram is having a divine vision. But what exactly is the vision? We don't see. Suddenly, we seem to be interrupted. Avram lifts up his eyes and he sees three men. And he uh, runs and gives them hospitality, etc., etc. What happened to God's vision? Before we gave one interpretation, which is that, that Avram puts God on hold, so to speak, and asks God to wait. But that's a rather radical theology. And I'd like to give two other perspectives. The, both perspectives rely on the same um, structural model, which is this. Vayira elav Hashem, God appeared to Avram in the Elonei Mamre, how did he appear to him? He's sitting in the entrance of his tent, and now, open vision. In other words, the appearance of these three men is a vision. Now here there are two versions of how this might happen. One is it happens all in a dream. And this is the opinion of the Rambam, Maimonides, the Rambam Imoranavuchim says that he doesn't think, well, first of all, this rests on a certain theological or certain metaphysical understanding of the Rambam who thinks that human beings can't see angels. <laughs> angels are spiritual beings, human beings can't see angels, and therefore Avram cannot see an angel. Yaakov, by the way, also can't fight an angel because angels are spiritual and Yaakov is human. And therefore, says the Rambam, and this is a bit of a surprise for all of us, because it's very different from the way most of us have been taught, that all these events happen in a vision. That Avram here is sitting at the entrance to his tent, or maybe somewhere else, and suddenly God appears to him in a vision. What does he see? He sees in his mind's eye, in whatever part of him experiences prophecy. He sees himself sitting in his tent and then three men come and he offers them food and they tell um, they, they tell Sarah about having a, a child. Now, of course, if this is the vision, 
then what the vision is probably saying is, you know why you're getting a child? You're getting a child because of your Hachnasat Orchim. And this is fascinating, I have to say, because in the last chapter, Avram was getting a child. Why? Because of the covenantal promise. But here, Avram is being told that he's getting a child because... Sorry, Avram's not being told. Sarah is being told she's getting a child because they are a hospitable family. This is a fascinating reading. Um, and I have to say that this, first of all, if we just deal with this message that the reward for Hachnasat Orachim is having a child, we see that echoed as well in the Haftarah. The Haftarah that we read for Parashat Vayira is the story of the Shunammite woman who gives hospitality to the prophet Elisha. And Elisha says, what can we do for this woman? She's gone out of her way. She's made us a whole apartment. She's been so hospitable for us time after time. And in the end, the decision made, the suggestion made by his assistant, Gechazi, is but she doesn't have a child. And he then predicts that in again in a year she will have a child. If we take the parallel between these two stories, we understand that the reward for hospitality is uh, having children. Now, according to this, Avram never actually offers hospitality in this scene. And maybe this is a reflection of the way that Avram and Sarah are on a regular basis, Avram and Sarah. But what we have here is the entire thing happens in a vision. I have to say that according to Rambam, the vision is going to need to continue. Because in the next scene, um, Avram is going to be arguing with God and then the angels are going to go down to Sodom. And one would have to say that according to the Rambam, the entire chapter 18 and half of chapter 19 is all happening in a vision. And Avram is experiencing the entire thing. When Avram argues with God, it's in a vision. This is a very radical read, but a very interesting one. Rashbam. Rashbam has a different explanation. Rashbam says, indeed, God appeared to Avram. How did he appear from Avram? He got three men who came and visited him in this world. And these three men, he thought, were just men. He gave them hospitality. And it was only at the point that they started saying, oh, Sarah, you're going to have a child, that suddenly starts getting an inkling that these are God's messengers. And at the beginning, he doesn't even appreciate that. But when Sarah laughs inside... And then they say, why did Sarah laugh? Say, suddenly he says, well, I didn't hear a laugh. Did you hear a laugh? And he realized that these people who appeared to him as human form are actually angels. And if that's true, that carries into the next story. Because I'm up, up to Pasuk Tetzayin, where he's finished giving them hospitality. They've finished their lunch. And it says, anashim, These three men got up. The men went and looked over Sodom and Avram was accompanying them. And then it says, Vahashem Amar. And Hashem said, Am I going to hide to Avram what I'm going to do to Sodom? And then just before Avram starts arguing with God for the fate of Sodom, it says, The men went down to Sodom. We remember three men. Only two reached Sodom. Two men go down to Sodom, but one of the men remains with Avram and has a conversation with him. What is this? This is a divine appearance. The, how does the parasha begin? How did Hashem appear to him? 
by sending three men who are in fact angels. We know they're angels because the beginning of chapter 19, the word malach can mean messenger or angel. In this case, they are both. But the fascinating thing is that God never appeared to Avram directly, so to speak. God appeared by the medium of these three men. And even when Avram is arguing for Sodom, he is talking to what seems to him a human-like figure. This human-like figure is called Yudke Vavke. He is a messenger of God and talking in God's name. Again, this is very, very different than the way that we usually read this chapter. And the traditional way we read it is like Rashi. And maybe now that we've, read, we've understood the Rambam and Rashbam, we'll understand how radical Rashi is. Rashi says, God, God himself appeared. And suddenly three men appeared. Now these three men are also angels. Rashi says, one was to heal Avraham, one was to give the news to Sarah, one was in order to destroy Sodom. But if God's already talking to Avraham, then why do we need three men? It's almost as if we need a, we've got two, two channels of prophecy happening simultaneously. One a direct line to God and one through a intermediary of the angels. And this is very awkward. Why would we need two of these lines? And I think that's Rashi's weakness. Rashi's strength, of course, is that on the one hand you have Yudke Vavke and on the other hand you have the Anashim. And it's very difficult to support the Rashbam, which says they are all the same uh, being spiritual being so to speak but this is uh, the way that we have to read this complex parasha i'm not sure that when we read it we realized how complicated it was but if we want to really summarize this scene i would focus on avram hospitality as one of his remarkable traits um that amazing ma'amar chazal the greater is receiving guests than receiving the divine presence itself because we want to alleviate suffering and distress and uh, provide uh, help and assistance in this world. And I would also remember that explanation that I said, which it seems like on the face of it, if you just read this parsha, that the reward for hospitality is indeed Avram and Sarah. If you just read this, you'd say that they were given the blessing of a child because of their hospitality. With that, I think we'll end for today. We've reached uh, the end of Rishon in the Parsha and halfway through chapter 18, and we will continue with the story of Sodom next time.